From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and per usual, we are broadcasting live here just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Excited throughout the next hour because we've got plenty to go over, NBA bets, college bets, some hockey action, and some Major League Baseball. We'll begin handicapping the Final Four, but afterward we're going to talk with Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL betting expert, to get his thoughts on the Friday night slate. The Blackhawks play again tonight after they got... Really just embarrassed once again for nothing against the Panthers, and it ain't going to get any easier tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know Andy's got thoughts on that game, among many others. Then after Andy, 30 minutes from now, Jeff Parles will continue to give us some of his top plays for college basketball. So we'll see who he likes between Kansas and Nova, North Carolina and Duke and some preseason Major League Baseball futures, and no good news for his Mets with the pitching rotation once again, so we'll definitely touch on that with Jeff. End of the show, Danny's Dimes, same routine as usual. We'll give out some best bets that I have for tonight and a little bit further into the weekend. Like I said, let's begin previewing the final four, March Madness. We're back in action tomorrow night. We talked about it at the beginning of the week and the way that I would look to bet these games, but I want to give you my final thoughts as this is naturally our final show of the week. And we might as well begin with the first game, being Kansas and Villanova. Now, this game this whole week has been trending toward the Jayhawks. We know it opened three in the hook. It's gone up to four, then four and a half. 
literally right before we got on air here, there's been some movement now against Kansas. And it's not too surprising, in my opinion, to see this go back down to four. That was pretty much expected. We talked with Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter. We talked with Greg Peterson, who follows college basketball religiously. And they said, yeah, you know, there's probably a good chance this line gets back down to four. But what was a little shocking to me was to see the big alteration in the money line because you saw this money line in favor of Kansas get as high as what, minus 210, around minus 220 or something like that. And I figured at the worst, you know, if it went down to four, Kansas would probably be at about minus $2. But it's come down all the way to minus 186. Now, I get it. It's still a lot to lay if you're looking at Kansas minus 186. We've seen a lot of other guys. I mean, like Wes Reynolds, for example, I think I was looking at his bets, and he got Duke at about minus 185. And it's all about relativity, right? Because a lot of these books have those higher prices. And Bet Rivers, the shortest price on Kansas money line right now, minus 186, where pretty much everywhere else is minus $2. And again, I preach it all the time, and I don't usually like to go this high in terms of laying minus 186 in a volatile sport like basketball. But I don't like taking the spreads when it's such a back-and-forth type of game, especially against a well-oiled machine like Villanova. So to have full disclosure, I mean, I did lay a little bit with Kansas throughout the course of the week, but now I'm going to officially add as my play Kansas Moneyline minus 186 because I didn't really think it would get this far down. I thought at the best it would maybe get minus 195. So I get it. It's not too attractive. But I feel comfortable going with the outright winner in Kansas more so than them covering. I hate sweating out the cover in basketball, especially with college basketball kids in a poor free throw shooting team in Kansas. But let me tell you again why I do like Kansas in this spot. Now, yes, they've had a very easy path, so to speak, compared to all the other remaining teams to get to this point. But the benefit, and it stinks for Villanova, but let's be honest, them missing Justin Moore is detrimental to this Wildcats team potentially. He's their second leading scorer, getting about 15 points per game, racking up five boards and over two assists. And Nova's a team that doesn't go too deep onto their bench. They only have a couple guys coming off, but the guys who are in the game obviously contribute a lot in their very sound they don't shoot themselves in the foot, and they take advantage of their opportunities at the free throw line. All the ingredients for a team that I would typically love to bet. But however, like I mentioned, there's a difference, and that's them missing their second leading score, them maybe not being as deep with the roster, Kansas having some big bodies, and also the fact that Kansas is averaging 10 more points per game this tournament. They're also shooting 45% from the floor throughout the tournament. Nova's shooting 40%. Kansas over 35% from deep. Nova's at about 34%. The big discrepancy, of course, is at the free throw line. Villanova the best. They're shooting 90%. It's incredible. Kansas, a terrible 67.5%. The one, I guess, benefit you could say to the free throw shooting is that at least Kansas is getting more opportunities. 21 free throw attempts on average per game. Villanova's at about 15 other difference, though, that goes back in favor of Kansas, they're grabbing more boards, about 44 per game. Villanova's at 35. Turnovers are fairly even. They're both turning the ball over about nine times per game the last three contests. Defensively, Kansas and their opponents are scoring about 60 per game, and Nova's opponents get about 55 points per contest. The big difference here when it comes down to, I think, is going to be the recipe for success. You saw Kansas do against Miami in that second half how did they get a lot of production they were out in transition offense they were pushing the ball down they were forcing the Hurricanes to make mistakes and punishing them 
with immediate sprinting to the other side of the floor and looking for opportunities off of the transition aspect of their offense, whether it was getting to the rim and drawing a foul, whether it was driving in, dishing it out to the perimeter, looking for an open three. That's how Kansas can kill you, and with their depth, that's how they can punish this Villanova team that may have even a harder time keeping up because of them missing their second leading score on the team. So I think Kansas is just a little bit too much more talented, I guess you could say, compared to Villanova. Now, if more was in the game, we'd be having a different conversation. I'd still be rooting for Kansas. I'd still give Kansas a slight edge, but I definitely wouldn't be as eager to make a bet on the Jayhawks if Villanova were healthy, because they do have probably the best coach remaining out of these four teams. They have the most disciplined team, and again, a squad that doesn't shoot itself in the foot, which is great in college when it's usually just these one-and-done kids who are just there kind of playing iso ball, chucking up shots, not taking advantages of opportunities. But no, at this point, Kansas has actually done a good job of doing that, and so has Nova, but now they're missing one of their top pieces. Got to give the edge to Kansas, and especially considering the line's going against them. I'm not saying that's a good thing per se, but it's good in the sense that you can get Kansas at a relatively better price now. So I'm taking the Jayhawks. Again, if you don't like lane minus 186, I still feel comfortable enough laying four with them. But personally, I'm fine laying on the money line at minus 186. So I took a little piece of the Jayhawks minus four and Kansas on the money line. So that's what I'm rocking with for that first game. And then, like I mentioned for the second game, I'm going to be patient with this matchup. I'm going to wait for an in-game number because it seems like pretty much in every matchup except for their first against Cal State Fullerton and then against Arkansas, Duke has given you good in-game betting opportunities. We talked about it against Michigan State. They were down like four or five with a few minutes left. I snagged them at like plus 220. They were the better team the whole game, but it's a game of runs. So inevitably, Tom Izzo's squad was going to make a comeback, and they did. But the better team prospered through and won, being Duke. Texas Tech, tough defense, made Duke look inferior in the first half, but the talent prevailed and came through, and Duke got the dub. Now, UNC on the other side, this is a very dangerous team, and they can come alive for any matchup. And you've seen the consistency against Marquette. They stomped them down 95-63. to Held on against Baylor 93-86. to Beat the Bruins 73-66. to And then they got a pass against St. Peter's. They demolished them 69-49. to We know that these teams have met before. This is a perfect storyline. If you put it in a movie, it wouldn't be believable. Coach K in his final season against his arch rival in a team that spoiled his final home game. Now he gets a chance to get that revenge and get the dub on one of the biggest stages in college basketball. It's amazing and it's great for ratings. But how are you looking to bet it? Now, honestly, if you told me one side or the other, I think there are legitimate cases for each spread. With Villanova and Kansas, I would definitely argue more so on the Kansas side than Villanova. But with North Carolina and Duke, I'm like, yeah, you know, it wouldn't shock me either outcome. Now, I do lean toward Duke, and I have the preconceived notion that I think they're the better team. So I'm looking for an angle. It's kind of what I'm premeditating in the sense that, all right, if this happens, I'll look to bet that. That's kind of my philosophy with Duke heading into this game because the way they've been able to take advantage offensively is just impressive as hell. I mean, 80 points per game. 54% shooting from the floor, 39% as a unit from deep, 86% from the free throw line. It's incredible what they've been able to do and take advantage of their open looks. It's what happens when you got potentially five first-round draft picks on your team. Now, North Carolina's nothing to you know look the other way at because they're averaging over 82.5 points per game. 
They're shooting 44%, which is solid, but not as great as Duke. 10 points better. Uh, 35% from beyond the arc for the Tar Heels. 71% from the charity stripe. Little concerning. They do out-rebound Duke 48 to 34 rebounds per game, however. Now, I've thrown this stat out here when we've discussed this matchup in the past, but something that stood out to me as well, Duke is averaging 1.44 points per shot, which is the third most in the tournament. North Carolina is at 1.28, which is about seventh best, so still pretty good. But again, it's just showing you how much better Duke has been offensively. Now, uh, North Carolina has been getting to the line more 22 times per game. Duke's at about over 16. Defensively, North Carolina has limited their opponents to 66 points per game. Duke at about 70, but you got to take into consideration their opponents. I mean, UNC got a nice pass against St. Peter's, so you got to consider that. North Carolina turning the ball over about 12.3 times per game. Duke's at 11.7 throughout the course of the last three games. So again, I do lean Duke, but I wouldn't argue you one way or the other. If you took the four, if you laid the four, if you took the money line either side, I think this one definitely is going to be back and forth because of the familiarity, because of the just precision you have on both teams' offense and how they can kill you from deep with any open looks. So this one probably could be a shootout. Total's gone up a little bit to 150 in the hook. I know Greg said he liked the under because it got a little too inflated. So again, maybe you approach it with an in-game standpoint for that as well. But I do lean Duke. I'm all in on Kansas. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. I'm riding it. Hopefully we can tail it together and cash some money on Kansas. And let me know what you do with North Carolina and Duke. Should be a hell of a game. We'll get more thoughts on that in a little bit. But before, let's go to hockey, talk some puck with our guy Andy McNeil. Stick with us. It is Rush Hour. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city casts wherever you get them available and you get hooked up with several episodes a week great local sports betting content. All righty, speaking of good sports betting content, it's time to talk some hockey and a man who delivers it day in and day out. Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL expert, is joining the show, which is Rush Hour. Again, I'm Danny Burke, but the man of these, I guess, next 10 minutes, Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler, where you can follow him on Twitter, is joining us right now. And Andy, like I always say, I mean, I love your write-ups, always appreciate it. And I followed you with that Blackhawks and Panthers game last night. I know you took the puck line with Florida. I'm wondering if you're thinking the same thing here in terms of fading the Blackhawks because it does look like it's going to be Lankin in a net who obviously has not been that strong this season in the finite amount of games he's been in. And we're waiting to still see who's going to be in net for the Lightning. But if Vasilevsky is in the net, it seems like it would be hard to trust Chicago in this spot. They are plus 285. Tampa Bay's minus 345. Of course, you could lay the puck and a half at minus 141. Is this kind of a similar spot to depending on who's going to be in that for Tampa Bay, you would approach that same standpoint? Yeah, this is a, obviously a spot where it's important to look ahead at the schedule and realize that the Lightning are playing again 
tomorrow they'll host the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, between the Blackhawks and the Canadiens, it's kind of a toss-up um, as far as who the worst team is. So there's not really uh, much of a, probably not much of a, um, you know, much weight being put into who the opponent is. And, and they'll probably just end up making a decision here uh, in about 15 minutes prior to warm-up. And if it is Andre Vasilevsky in the crease, I will be taking uh, a position on the lightning. I'm going to lay the puck line. I believe it's at around minus 145 mo- at most shops. And that's unfortunate because it looks like people or betters have been um, kind of anticipating that it will be Vasilevsky, uh, despite the fact that there's no real indication that it will be. Um, because that the line, the money line, the puck line have all ticked up throughout the day. Um, Tampa Bay was priced a little bit lower earlier in the day, but I see now they're you know they're approaching uh, minus 400 at some shops, and that puck line, like I said, minus 145, where it was minus 130 earlier in the day. So a little bit of a steep price, but I, I think it's uh, um, definitely a value play. Um, getting I, I laid minus 145 on the Panthers to cover the puck line last night, so. Here you've got a tired Blackhawks team playing a, a you know a team that's arguably just as good as Florida on any given night in the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, you're getting the same price. So um, I'll I'll go with that play if if it ends up being Vasilevsky in the crease. But I don't think there will be enough movement in the odds, even if the money line does move. I don't think we'll see that puck line move enough to where I would get to a, a point where I would want to back the Lightning with Brian Elliott in the goal in goal. Okay, yeah, I'm with you too. Count me in if Vasilevsky is tending the pipes and I'm going to be riding the lightning with you against the Black. I mean, Chicago's been a disaster. The last two games, even before the Panthers game, the way they blew that, blew both of those games were just in an insanely oh, impressive fashion. You almost, have to, you almost have to applaud it, right? I mean, VGK's been so bad, but they made him look better. And then what they did I against was, Buffalo at home? <laughs> I wasn't on the Blackhawks that night, but I had friends that were... Uh, blowing a 4 nothing lead, and then oh. the way that that winning goal went in off the, the broken stick, off the end boards, bounced back out, hit Lankin and skate, and goes in the net, uh, just pretty much uh, sums up the Blackhawks season. Oh, no kidding. Well, all right, we could move off the Blackhawks, get to maybe a little bit more consistency with some teams, just a little bit more. But, Andy, I want to ask you about the two New York squads tonight. The Rangers and the Islanders. Man, this Islanders team, I, I maybe have bet once or twice, but I've kind of stayed away, especially when they've been more sizable favorites. In this instance, they actually are the dog, though, catching plus 148. And you see the Rangers as a sizable favorite, minus buck seventy-five. Total at about five and a half with the juice on the under. How are you looking to handicap this one? Yeah, it's 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 interesting that you brought that up because I think it's quite you know, it's pretty incredible some of the prices that the Islanders have been carrying into some of these games. They're not a very good hockey team. They do have good goaltending though, um, but that has taken a hit with Ilya Sorokin uh, out with a head injury. He did skate uh, yesterday, and I believe he skated again today. But uh, they're hoping that he'll be back maybe on Saturday. But that's uh, not confirmed yet. But uh, you know th- that means that Simeon Barlamov, who will start tonight, is going to play. Back-to-back games here. The Islanders obviously played Columbus and picked up a 5-2 win, I believe, on Thursday night. So this is his third start in four days. Pretty tough spot for a goaltender who probably hasn't played a back-to-back situation uh, in a long time, given that he's been part of that, uh, you know, kind of uh, evenly uh, distributed. He's been part of that tandem that's been, you know, evenly used uh, by, by head coach Barry Trotz. Um, and this is a, a tough spot. It's their sixth game in nine days, but the Rangers aren't aren't rested either. They're playing their third game in fourth night 
or fourth day, uh, third game in four days, sorry. Um, and uh, But Igor Shosturkin, the starting goaltender, is rested. So that gives the Rangers a big edge here. And at minus 170, minus 175, I do think there's value on the Rangers. Um, I, I didn't pull the trigger. I think it was a little bit of um, regret on my part for sleeping in this morning and missing minus 160 <laughs> and minus 165, which was being offered on the Rangers early this this morning and it would have been nice to get them at that price but now that it's ticked up to minus 175 at most shops uh, i've kind of hung back but i do think it's rangers or nothing here in this game the islanders are in a, a terrible spot yeah i've definitely had that issue sleeping in a little bit too late and missing the best <laughs> of the number <laughs> it happens to everyone andy uh, I, i'm very uh, excited to actually preview this game not that i bet it but i was really circling it out and I was waiting to get your full analysis on it because you get Edmonton here, Andy, is a fairly big favorite, minus 155. I think they were a little bit even higher earlier in the day, so maybe some buyback on St. Louis. And the Blues right now catching plus 132, incredibly high total at 7. Now, we know St. Louis is capable of being a strong team, but they've kind of been back and forth as of late. I know they got the two dubs against the Canucks, but that was they were playing the same team back-to-back. -back. So a little familiarity may be advantageous towards St. Louis, and you're getting a hungry Edmonton team on the road where, again, St. Louis has been weaker. Is the value still intriguing enough with St. Louis, or do you maybe just don't trust them in this spot because of all those reasons? Yeah, so the big thing here is who's going to start in goal, like it, like it is a lot of the time with these matchups. But um, as the, the Blues have uh, a date with the Flames tomorrow night in Calgary, which is a much tougher matchup, and they might choose to save Billy Huso, who's been the better goaltender for them this season, for that matchup. And that would mean that Jordan Bennington faces Connor McDavid and the Oilers tonight. And, um, you know, if that's the case, um, I, I think that that would, you know, obviously work out in, in Edmonton's favor quite a bit. But... Um, still, I don't think the Oilers should be priced any higher than minus 150 in that in this game, um, which means you're probably not going to find value on the dog either, given that the Oilers are up around minus 160 and the Blues coming back around plus 140 at a lot of shops here. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, it's it it is going to be an interesting game here because I don't think there's a lot separating these two teams. And Edmonton is look it looks like Edmonton's going to start Mike Smith, who has been awful this season and. Uh, regularly puts the Oilers in an early hole. So um, another big storyline to watch heading into this game uh, is Jordan Cairo, one of the Blues' best forwards. He's questionable. He um, is listed as day-to-day -day right now, but there's a chance that he could play tonight, if not probably tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see who sends who who leads the Blues out during the warmups. Will it be Bennington or Huso? Um, if it is Huso, I, I do think it's Blues or nothing as far as a money line bet goes. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not super high on the Oilers. It's, you know, they, they've got this superstar talent that'll probably carry them to a win tonight. Uh, especially if, if, uh, Jordan Cairo is out because the blues are already missing Tory Krug and Tyler Bozak, uh, two, two very important regulars. So this is a really tough weekend for the blues here. Calgary is going to be a tough matchup. I see they're, uh, laying around minus 230, minus 240 on the road here. Um, and if Markstrom starts in goal, I think that price is appropriate. So the Blues will be lucky to get a win in Alberta this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Awesome stuff. Andy McNeil, folks, follow him on Twitter at Digital Gambler and make sure you're checking up his write-ups every single day at VSIN.com. Andy, you're the man. Thank you for the insight as always, and best of luck with all your plays tonight. For sure. Thanks, Danny. Have a good night, buddy. You got it. You as well. Once again, Andy McNeil, 
all the great knowledge when it comes to hockey. And he even tweeted out about it, uh, I think it was either last night or today, but he said, keep an eye on the schedules, right? See who the teams are playing a day in advance so you can get a good idea of who may be in the net before it's officially announced, which game's more significant. He talked about it with the Oilers, uh, the Oilers excuse me, right? Looking ahead to the Flames and teams in those similar situations Always good tidbits from Andy. So we'll wait to see, though, about that Blackhawks game. Is Vasilevsky going to be a go or not? Hopefully by the time we return here on Rush Hour, we'll get the final word, and I'll let you know. But I'm with Andy. If it is Vasilevsky, going to be looking to lay about minus a buck 40 on the puck line with the Lightning against the terrible, terrible Chicago Blackhawks. Sorry, Chicago, that's just the way it is right now with our Blackhawks. Coming up next, so let's switch gears. We will talk some college hoops. We will talk some baseball. Jeff Parle's going to help us out with all of that. Stay around. It is Rush Hour here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Whether it's oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, or perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, you can also pair it with a Simply OJ to bring it on home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Okay, welcome back into the mix. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5. You can follow me on Twitter. I am very excited for our next guest because I'm sure we're going to be going all over the place, baby. And that means Jeff Parles is joining us, who you can follow on the tweets at Jeff Parles. He is live out of Sin City. And, uh, well, we got to see what kind of temperature he's at right now. It's kind of classic Mets form. He's a diehard Mets fan, born and raised on the East Coast. And, I saw his tweets about it. That's how I found out about the news. But once again, the Mets enduring some hardship with their pitching staff. Jacob DeGrom potentially missing significant time. Jeff, my man, tell me how we're feeling after seeing that news. We, we get the doom out of the way early, right, Danny? Isn't that the best way to look at it? I, look, it, it, it just stinks more than anything because... I, I, I almost tweeted this out, but it, it, would, it really would have fe uh, felt like I was whining uh, a little bit. But I just want to watch the guy pitch every five days. Like, I, like, is it that much to ask? We he missed the whole second half of the season with whatever injury they had. Never even fully actually put out publicly what the true diagnosis of that arm injury was last year. And now you have this stress reaction in your scapula, which is again a little bit of a creative injury for him, but. Look, at least he's not like a torn rotator cuff. So hopefully we see him in two months, uh, two months, I should say again. Uh, but but look, Danny, I think for this year, at least you look at this Met team, at least they were able to sign Max Scherzer, who there is a little bit of a concern when you have a guy that age, maybe he'll fall off a cliff all at once. But I don't think we'll see that. And they traded for Chris Bassett, which, uh, which may end up being even more important than the Scherzer yeah. signing when this is all said and done. because. And now you at least have depth past DeGrom and Scherzer, where you have a legitimate all-stars. You're now, with DeGrom out, you're number two guy. And Taiwan Walker, who was an all-star a year ago, is the number three or four, depending on what you think of Cookie Carrasco. Uh, it just means that your number five is not going to be as good. Where I would imagine it'll be Tyler McGill, 
who will probably be the number five starter, him or David Peterson. But in the end, it just I, I'm just sad more than anything, man. I just wanted to watch the ground pitch next Thursday in Washington. Was that too much to ask, Danny? I mean, that's <laughs> uh, really what it all comes down to. It, Jeff, apparently it was. I mean, you just can't catch a break. And for anyone out there confused as to why I'm laughing, I'm not laughing because of why it happened. But, you know, hanging out with Jeff back in Vegas in the day, like, I'm a diehard Cubs fan, so obviously I've endured some hardship. But they won the World Series in 2016. Then I met Jeff, and ever since I met Jeff, the, the guy can't catch a break with his New York Mets. It's, like, uncanny. <laughs> and that's what I replied to his tweet because he's right. He's just, I just want to watch – my best pitcher on my team perform, and Jeff can't get that. So the poor guy is uh, is not having a good day in terms of his bats. But you're right. They added some depth, Jeff, so hopefully that can sustain in the meantime. But uh, sticking yeah, to the conversation. Yeah, it will. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. It will, Jeff. Danny. It, it will, Danny. <laughs> I, I really do think it will. But, we, again, it's so weird. Like, we didn't even make an opening day, and it's already something ridiculous with this team. <laughs> Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the Mets 2-1 to one to win the NL East. Braves a short shot, plus 125. Phillies at plus 350 that I know you were somewhat fond of, but uh, like you and I were talking about a little bit off air, you're kind of waiting for some of these in-game numbers to maybe attack it at that point. But I know that you did take some some bets here with this uh, the odds to lead the league in home runs. So this naturally is a popular one. Who's going to be the home run king? And Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a short shot, 7-1, Jeff. And then you get Salvador Perez and your boy Pete Alonso at 11-1. Uh, I know you also have some interest in my guy, Kyle Schwarber, 25-1. to My favorite Cub when he was on the squad, always rooting for Schwarber. But uh, tell me some of the guys you've narrowed down for this list. Yeah, so I have I have two in pocket. Actually, I have three in pocket, but uh, I, I'm not even sure if uh, Randall Grishik is being offered uh, at most books. So <laughs> I, I got it out here in Vegas at 300 to one at the Westgate, uh, just a flyer and a guy who got traded to the Rockies, who we know has a lot of power. Not expecting that to win. So realistically, let's go with the two with, with the two that I have that I, I really think have realistic shots of winning this, and that is your guy Kyle Schwarber who's going to be batting lead off and being the DH in Philadelphia. Danny, last time I checked, that ballpark is great for left-handed hitters in Philadelphia. Of course, Ryan Howard and Chase Utley uh, made massive careers off of that. Schwarber last year, if he had stayed healthy, would have had a real chance of actually being the home run leader in Major League Baseball. Of course, he got hurt. Uh, then he went to Boston again. He's just going through these great left-handed hitters' ballparks and now may be in the best one of them all other than uh, – Yankee Stadium, uh, Philly's probably the second best at this point. So even again, I got fifty to one. I think that's probably still fine wow. at twenty-five to one. Maybe you wait a little bit and see if Schwarber has a slow start and then hit it when he's at like thirty, thirty-five to one. I think that is probably still okay down to twenty-five to one. And then I, I'm on my guy Alonzo. Uh, I got sixteen to one. This is the one that's varied the most in the market. It's as low as plus seven fifty at some spots. 11-1 at Bed Rivers right in the middle. I think that's good there. You can take that on Alonzo, where I think if the Mets are going to win the NL East, and I think they, even with the, the Grom injury, still have a really good shot to do that, him and or Lindor are going to have to have huge years. And Alonzo already led the league at homers once as a rookie. Uh, he's right. more than capable of doing it again. So 11-1 I think is quite solid on Polar Bear. Uh, but again, that Schwarber number, I, I was very lucky to get 50-1 to at the Westgate earlier this week out here in Vegas, uh, that that was just such a good number because if that didn't exist and 25-1 to 1 was the best I could do, I probably still would have betted on Schwarber. 
And no kidding, good look. Schwarber at 50 to 1. Always room for Schwarbs. And yeah, I mean, even at 25 to 1 seems like some good value in a favorable ballpark, as you alluded to, with a powerful hitter in Kyle Schwarber. As Jeff Parles is joining us right now here on Rush Hour, talking some baseball futures. Is opening day almost here. We cannot wait. But in the meantime, in the closer future, we've got the final four to look forward to. And Jeff, you've done great handicapping college hoops with us these past couple of weeks. So we got to round it out here with the final four action, Kansas and Villanova. The Jayhawks now come down, Jeff, because consensus had them at about four in the hook. Now it's at four. And the money line came down to minus 186. I took a piece of it and now again you're seeing a little bit of love back to Kansas minus a buck 90 but what's been your feel for this matchup between the Wildcats and the Jayhawks I just have a hard time seeing Villanova hanging in with basically five bodies at this point uh the more injury and I I know that the numbers uh don't really play this out in the limited sample size when Moore didn't play a game earlier this year where Villanova walloped their opponent in that game uh, but but I, it's just so hard going against the only one seed left and a team that in the second half against Miami, the Jayhawks just looked so good. Kansas looked like a legit number one seed, a legit best team left in the tournament in the second half against the Canes on Sunday. I just, unless if this game is such a slow paced game, which I think it will be, but it's going to be like 55 possessions for Kansas, or excuse me, for Villanova to realistically have a chance to, to pull the upset. I'm kind of surprised this opened to three and a half, three, Danny, where it did. I'm not surprised it got banged all the way up to five, back to four and a half. And now I'm a little surprised we're seeing late Villanova action down to four. Uh, I'm not going to bet a side in this game. I'd only bet uh, Kansas. I'd only lay the four at this point. Uh, I took under first half 62. I think the full game under is good if you can get a 133 still. Uh, I, I just don't see a lot of points in this game. I think Kansas wins a game like 60 to 50 in a low scoring game that the Jayhawks just have too much in the end. All right, that's what I like to hear. Let's go, Kansas, baby. Now we got about 90 seconds left. I want you to tell me what we're thinking for this game. One for the ages, potentially Duke and North Carolina. We see Coach K squad laying four. Higher total at 150 in the hook. Is this going to be that fairy tale ending or at least into the championship for Coach K? I have North Carolina, Danny. Uh, I, 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 I flipped as this week has gone along. Hey, look, I, North Carolina just matches up well with Duke. I will say the big, the, the key matchup in this game is Williams against Baycott in the post. If Armando Baycott has the better of Williams like he did in that game at Cameron Indoor a few weeks ago, North Carolina is going to win this game outright. Uh, so, but, but if, if Williams steps up, uh, post defense, like we've seen through this tournament run and, and Duke has just been so tough late in games as this tournament has gone along, Danny, but in the end, I like North Carolina. I, I will end up taking points with UNC. I probably won't, won't have the fortitude to money line it outright, but I do have a little bit of Armando Baycott at 16 to one to be the MOP. Obviously I need North Carolina to win this game in order for that bet to have any chance. So. Uh, look, I'll go, I'll go Kansas-UNC in the final, and Danny, I, I do have Kansas cutting down the nets on Monday night in New Orleans, getting it done for their second title under self. Yes, sir. All right, that's fine. You know, Duke lose. I'm okay with that as long as we're riding the Jayhawks. That's fine with me, my man. But, Jeff, thank you, as always, for making some time. Hopefully your Mets get a little bit healthier as we progress throughout the season, but I'm sure we'll be talking plenty of baseball soon, my friend. You know it, Danny. Always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy your weekend. 
You got it. You as well. Make sure you give Jeff a follow on Twitter at Jeff Parles. He also hosts Bet Center here on Beeson and producer of a numbers game. Coming up next here on Beeson, we're going to end it with Danny's dimes going all over the place. Stick with us, folks. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. Tourney Madness continues this week at Bet Rivers with three new missions for the final round of games. It's your last chance to score a free bet during the tournament, so go to BetRivers.com or, of course, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, and you can check out the final missions and enjoy the final games of the tournament. Terms and conditions do apply. Seaside for details. Make your bets this weekend with Bet Rivers. Okay, time for our final segment here on Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke Five. I'll be sweating out all these plays that we're going to be going over tonight and leading into the weekend. So, without further ado, let's get into it with Danny's Dimes, aka my best bets for, of course, tonight. And like we talked about with college, Minata with the final four. However, we begin tonight in the NBA, a game that did stand out to myself and Beeson's NBA expert, Jonathan Von Tobel, is this Lakers and Pelicans matchup. And I say JBT because, well, like always, I implore you to check out his and Andy McNeil's write-ups at Beeson.com. But because of what he wrote up about this, it kind of swayed me a little bit more so to the side of New Orleans. But setting the stage a little bit, originally the Lakers opened up at Bet Rivers as a two-point favorite. Everything kept moving toward New Orleans. New Orleans went up to his highs about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's going back toward the Lakers once again because the Lakers now are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Money line about minus 121, and the Pelicans plus 102. Total open 234. That has dipped to 230-and-a-half. Now the Lakers, they're on a second leg of a back-to-back. They lost last night at Utah 122-109. to They're currently on a four-game losing streak. LeBron James did not play in that game last evening, and he's questionable for this game, but let's be honest, he's probably going to play. Nine times out of ten, I would say he's playing in this game because he rested last night. Big game tonight against a team that's in front of you in that playing spot, and there's a potential that Anthony Davis could make his return tonight against his former squad. Hence why you're seeing this movement go back to the Lakers. To be quite honest, though, even when I was looking, and so was JVT, I can't speak for him solely, but when I was even looking toward the side of the Pelicans, I'm going, well, yeah, I know LeBron's going to play. Anthony Davis probably plays, but it's still an adjustment off a significant injury for Anthony Davis. And it's still this Lakers squad that is just absolutely in shambles, even when they did have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now, the Pelicans are coming off a couple of wins. They played the other night, actually, against the Lakers and beat them 116-108. They also played back in February. New Orleans also won that game 123-95. And when you talk about health and injuries, the Pelicans are actually the healthiest they've really been this season, aside from losing Zion. They got Brandon Ingram. They got C.J. McCollum post-trade deadline. So this offense, and Larry Nance Jr., by the way, he's back in the mix. They have a lot of players, and they could definitely be argued as a better overall squad than the Lakers as of this point. So again, this is very significant because the Lakers, every game is in desperation mode, right? They're currently out of the playing game. They're 31 games back like the Spurs, but I believe San Antonio may have the tiebreaker. 
And for reference, the Pelicans are 29 games back, so the Lakers a couple games back from New Orleans. So again, huge for both teams, a little bit bigger for the Lakers. Now, some notes that JBT wrote up at VEASAN.com. Again, check it out for the full description, among many other games. What he mentioned is that the Pelicans are outscoring opponents by 11.3 points per 100 possessions with a 120.5 offensive rating with their new-look lineup, meeting with the addition of C.J. McCollum. Now, he also mentioned rebounding is going to be a huge difference maker in this game, and the Pelicans are doing a great job at just that. They're grabbing 37.5% of its own misses when playing its starting lineup, and in two games against the Lakers specifically, they've dominated the glass with over 30% offensive rebounding rate and about 79% overall rebounding rate. In Los Angeles, as JBT again mentions, they've been pretty below average rebounding team. They're 21st in defensive rebounding, 24th in overall rebounding. Now, yes, you're probably going to get Anthony Davis back in the mix, so that'll help a little bit. But JBT had some excellent points, and that just goes to show, even though you have the bigger names and the bigger talent on this Lakers team, it hasn't proven to be viable in the consistent run this whole season. We all know this. So I did take a little piece of the Pelicans on the money line about minus a buck 30. I get it. Way better number now, plus 102. They're catching a point and a half. I missed the number. I didn't think it moved that dramatically. If anything, at the worst, I thought it'd come down to, you know, maybe Pelicans being minus one or a pick em, but it just keeps going to the Lakers. But maybe it's just a little bit of an overreaction with LeBron and AD being in this game. Again, we kind of expected that, so it could be just an overreaction and we've seen this lineup before, and it has not been great. And another reason I kind of like the Pelicans here, we talk about free throw rate. Pelicans are fourth best in the NBA. Defensively, the Lakers are 16th, so New Orleans could get a lot of opportunities from the charity stripe, among many other positions. The Pelicans also great in transition offense. They rank 7th. Transition defense, the Lakers are 17th. Transition offense, for the Lakers is 22nd, and defensively for New Orleans in transition, they are second. There's little advantages here and there that still give the slight lean toward New Orleans. So if you don't want to play it now because of the big market adjustment, I get it. But I did take a piece of the Pelicans earlier, and I will be sweating out New Orleans on the road in La La Land against the Lakers, despite the return of LeBron and probably Anthony Davis. So let's hope the Lakers continue to struggle and the Pelicans can get a nice dub tonight. That's what we got for a side in the NBA. I do have one prop as well, and that's going to take us to this Nuggets matchup uh, where they are, excuse me, not the Nuggets game. We're going to be taking it uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. And, yes, they are playing Denver, so sorry. It's the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. But Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves is who I'm looking forward to betting tonight. Not his points, not his assists, but his rebounds. Three in the hook is the number you are seeing at Bet Rivers. Most other shops have Anthony Edwards at four and a half for his rebounds. Looking at the odds at Bet Rivers, there is a lot of juice to the over, minus 162. The unders plus 125. Look, I've talked about this, maybe not as much on Rush Hour, but on the Chicago City cast, that if you're getting me a point better in the sense of instead of doing his rebounds at four and a half, I'm getting it at three and a half, I'm willing to lay more to get that more of an advantage instead of the four and a half with the three and a half because if he ends four well even though you laid more you still won and if he doesn't get it well then obviously you're a loser and I get maybe it's not a long-term viable option but it's not like we're doing this consistently per se but I do like Edwards because he's averaging about five rebounds per game again his numbers at three in the hook at Bet Rivers 
In 67 games he's played in, he's gotten four more rebounds in 41 games, hitting at a 61% clip. The last seven consecutive games, Anthony Edwards has gotten more than three and a half rebounds. He's played Denver three times this season. He got five rebounds in one game, 11 rebounds in the other. And the other game he got none, but it was kind of a weird game. He only had five points in 26 minutes. And again, no rebounds. That was the most recent outing against Denver. But I don't know, kind of a peculiar performance out of Edwards. But nevertheless, I get it. Look. Edwards, I just think it's a good opportunity with the number compared to where it's posted at other books. He's been going over this frequently, an area that's not centered on as much by these odds makers. And it's a hustle stat. It's kind of a lucky stat in the sense of getting in the right position unless you're a big man and you're inevitably going to get rebounds. But I think this is just one of those looks where you can take advantage of a better number that hasn't properly been adjusted. So I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards over Three and a half rebounds at minus 162, which you can get available at Bet Rivers. Those are the NBA plays we got tonight. Let me transition real briefly over to hockey to re just talk about revisit this play that we talked about with Andy McDill because we were waiting about Andre Vasilevsky. Was he going to be in net? Was he not going to be? The news came out officially that Andre Vasilevsky is going to be starting for the Lightning. Now, for the Blackhawks, we know it's Kevin Lankinen. And, folks, if you don't know Kevin Lankinen, there's probably a reason why, because he ain't good. 4-9-5. Uh, and five, Well, he's okay. The Blackhawks are terrible, but still. He's 4-9-5, 3.63 goals against average, 88.5% with his saves overall this year. On the road, it's been a disaster. 1-7-4, 3.84 goals against average, 88% with his saves. He has lost his last five out of six starts. Vasilevsky, he's a machine at home, 17-6-3, 2.06 goals against average, save percentage of over 92%, and he's got two shutouts. These teams have played prior at the United Center. Tampa Bay took care of business 6-3. Blackhawks are on their worst stretch of the season. They have nothing to play for. They've had terrible losses. They played last night and lost at Florida 4 nothing. I'm thinking they lose by multiple goals once again. So you can count me in alongside Andy McNeil or Tampa Bay on the puck line. Minus a buck 40. You can get that at Bet Rivers. And then our final play, which we talked about at the beginning of the show. We are going with the Kansas Jayhawks minus 186 on the money line against Villanova. Now, if that's a little bit too rich for your blood, well, I would, of course, recommend taking the four with Kansas, or laying it, rather. But I do think Kansas will take control of this game, and they have the upper hand against this Nova squad that doesn't have that much depth, and it got even a little bit weaker because of the absence of more. So let's go Jayhawks. Let's go Pelicans. Anthony Edwards, give us four rebounds, buddy. And then let's hope the Blackhawks continue to disappoint. Those are our bets tonight and into the weekend. Best of luck with whatever you are playing. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Rush Hour. We'll catch up again on Monday. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, We've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. 
Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.